0: Yo what is going on Cover 7 family welcome back to once again another episode here on the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast and guys in today's episode we're going to be recapping and, ta- and you know getting some takeaways from all of the NFL week 5 games in action and man What a week of football it was. We had the Green Bay Packers and New York Giants in London. We had, historically, one of the worst Thursday night footballs at Mile High. And so much more to talk about. So, guys, make sure you sit back, relax, grab some popcorn or snacks. Or if you're on your way to work, make sure you got a coffee in your hand and you're ready for the day. But, you know, once again, guys, like we always say here on the Cover 7 podcast, I don't want to waste any of y'all's time. So let's get right into all of the NFL action from week 4. Now, the first game we got to talk about, and we're going to be kicking it off in Denver, Colorado, as we had the Matt Ryan led Indianapolis Colts traveling to Denver to take on Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos. Now, both teams are coming off of pretty close losses last week. Indianapolis lost to Tennessee. Uh, you know, the Broncos, they lost to Las Vegas. So both were looking to be able to get a win. And obviously, both offenses have been struggling to find their mark in this in this season so far matt ryan's looked very very non-matt ryan same with russell wilson whether it's been overthrown footballs or interceptions you know he had a lot that he wanted to be able to prove in this game and you know to start the game off man were both quarterbacks just not on their mark i mean whether it was throwing the football you know running the football i mean just both offenses were very lackluster but defenses in this game were actually a strong suit which is kind of weird to say You know, the fact that Denver's defense would be better than their, you know, high-powered offense, quote-unquote, like we all thought in the preseason. But, man, has Russell Wilson had such a rough start to the 2022 season. As in this game against the Indianapolis Colts, and yes, this was his actual stat line. He would go 21 for 39, 274 yards passing with zero touchdowns and two costly interceptions with actually the last interception of the game being in what would have been the game-winning drive, but he ultimately he would throw an interception in the back of the end zone to former Defensive Player of the Year Stephon Gilmore. And then on the you know opposite side as well, Matt Ryan did not have a great day at all until really towards the end of the game. As Matt Ryan on the day, he would go 26 for 41, 251 yards passing with zero touchdowns and then two interceptions as well. I mean, obviously, Indianapolis, they didn't have the best O-line in this game. Their starting center, Ryan Kelly, he would leave the game with a hip injury. And then to you know make matters even worse, their starting running back for this game, Naeem Himes, he would leave after the first drive due to a concussion and man it was just scary seeing what happened because it almost started to kind of look like the two-attack Tua Lois situation against the Bills a few weeks ago but you know hopefully Nae- Naeem is going to be okay and everything like that but ultimately it would be Matt Ryan and his late game efforts that would lead the Colts to the overtime win over the Denver Broncos 12-9 to but for both defenses there were a couple decent spots but also for the Indianapolis Colts offense a future star has emerged for You know their offense. Alec Pierce, their second-round pick out of Cincinnati, he had eight receptions on the day for 81 yards receiving with zero touchdowns. But man, did he have a couple pretty clutch uh, catches! You know that just should have shouldn't have been complete at all. But he ultimately would make the catch and would keep Indianapolis in this game. And then when you look on the defensive side of the football, you know the way Denver's defense played, they should have easily have won this game. I mean, the Denver Broncos defense, they put up six sacks on the day. Bradley Chubb, their star edge rusher, he had two and a half sacks on the day. And then also a future star has kind of emerged for the um, Denver Broncos defense. And I know it's kind of weird to say, but he kind of has a lot of resembl- resemblances to the former number two overall pick for the Broncos, Von Miller, Baron Browning, a third-round pick out of Ohio State. In last year's draft, he had five tackles on the day for um, – which two were solo and then he also had a sack and a half you know ultimately statistically it didn't look like the greatest but his presence was definitely felt and there was a highlight that he had where he came off the ball so quick it looked like he was off sides i posted it to twitter or not twitter to tiktok and instagram so if y'all want to check that out i mean he looks like an absolute stud and you know y'all definitely cannot tell me he did not resemble a lot of von miller in this game but ultimately he would have to leave the game with a wrench or with a wrist injury so and, you know, unfortunately, it's kind of been the case in the NFL this season so far has been just a lot of people are getting injured, and it's just really sad to see. But ultimately, in this game, there would be no touchdowns scored either, which is kind of funny to think because both teams at the beginning of the year were thought to have, you know, pretty good offenses. Obviously, the Broncos having Russell Wilson, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, you know, Javante Williams, you know, they should have been able to put up a buttload of points. But going into this game, Denver didn't have Javante Williams. Russell Wilson has had an extremely rough start to the season. Cortland Sutton has pretty much played pretty solid. Same with Jerry Judy. It's just... When you have poor quarterback play, it's hard to really be good as a wide receiver. And, you know, if you watch this game, Russell Wilson just could not complete a pass. I mean, he simply was overthrowing his wide receivers or underthrowing his wide receivers. He could never really get it on target. And ultimately, that would actually be the downfall for the Broncos in this game as the Indianapolis Colts would go on to beat the Denver Broncos in overtime 12-9 as now the Indianapolis Colts improve to 2-2-1 and the Denver Broncos who were saw who are actually almost supposed to be AFC West favorites in the beginning of the year they now fall to 2 and 3 but anyway y'all That would be the only game on Thursday. So now let's go to Sunday as we had another early game. And this game would be played in London as we had the 3-1 New York Giants taking on the 3-1 Green Bay Packers. And, you know, honestly, this was kind of an exciting game. You know, New York, their offense was able to kind of click against the Chicago Bears last week. Saquon Barkley had another amazing performance. And then on the flip side for Green Bay, they were coming off a pretty disappointing win against the New England Patriots where, Aaron Rodgers and that offense just really could not get anything going until late in the game. So it was going to be kind of interesting to see how Aaron Rodgers would respond to a pretty rough early start to last week's game against the Patriots. And, you know, to start this game against the Giants, Aaron Rodgers was looking pretty good as at halftime the Packers were leading the Giants. 20 to 10. You know, Aaron Rodgers looked like he finally corrected a couple of his decision making issues from last week. And overall, the Giants, or not the Giants, <laughs> the Patriots, they looked pretty good as on the day, Aaron Rodgers would go 25 for 39, 222 yards passing with two touchdowns and zero interceptions on the day. Now, Really, the story of this game is going to come in the second half as the Giants, they really started to get going on offense. Daniel Jones was taking command of that Giants offense as on the day, he would go 21 for 27, 217 yards passing with zero touchdowns and zero interceptions on the day, but Saquon Barkley, the former first round pick for the Giants, who's kind of having a um, a bounce back season despite these past two years kind of being really... And for him, due to a lot of injury issues, he would actually have a very solid day despite leaving the game. I think either late in the third quarter or early in the fourth quarter with a shoulder injury, as on the day. Saquon Barkley would go 13 for 70 rushing yards with one touchdown and funny enough the offense really wasn't the main reason why the Giants would win this game. It would actually be the effort by the defense and most notably the secondary and the front four of the New York Giants as they I mean they literally would hold Aaron Rodgers to practically nothing in the fourth quarter. They would actually have two deflected passes on Green Bay's last drive of the game which would ultimately give them the upset win over Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers in London 27 to 22 to kick off Sunday's action. The Giants they now improved a 4 and 1 and the Packers they now fall to 3 and 2 on the season. So, despite a lot of, you know, really good offensive showing from the first half which was the complete opposite of last week's game against the Patriots, the Packers would ultimately, you know, fall short as Daniel Jones would arguably have one of his best games of his his young career so far. But anyway, y'all, that would wrap up the international game on Sunday. So now let's get to our noon slate of games. And man, what a noon slate of games it definitely was. And the first game that I'm going to want to talk about to kick all of it off is going to be Kenny Pickett in his first NFL start taking on the Buffalo Bills led by Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs up in Buffalo. And, you know, for Kenny Pickett, despite throwing three interceptions last week, you know, he did show, you know, A lot of promise I mean he was able to make a lot of tight throws he had one amazing sideline catch with uh, George Pickens so you know me personally as kind of a semi-Steelers fan I was excited to really see how Kenny Pickett would do against this defense of the Buffalo Bills who you know both of their safeties are banged up Micah Hyde is out for the year Jordan Poirier I think he was still dealing with an injury so you know the secondary was obviously banged up they still don't have Tredavious White who's still dealing with that torn ACL so It'd be interesting to see how Kenny Pickett and, you know, the Steelers offense would be able to go against this Buffalo Bills defense. And then on the flip side, you know, the Steelers defense, they still don't have TJ Watt. He'll probably be back next week, but they're now going up against a lethal offense of Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. And, you know, in this game, since we're talking about Stephon Diggs and that Josh Allen combination, Josh Allen would go on off against this Pittsburgh Steelers secondary as he would be 20 for 31 on the day for 424 yards passing with four touchdowns and one interception on the day. Stephon Diggs would also have himself a pretty good day as well as he would have eight receptions for 102 yards receiving. And 1 touchdown but the best wide receiver in this game for the bills would not be stefan diggs it would actually be gabriel davis the former third round pick out of ucf now gabriel davis he had a franchise record 98 yard long reception touchdown and ultimately his stat line to finish the game would be three receptions for 171 yards receiving and two touchdowns. He also had a nasty catch over Pittsburgh Steelers' safety, Minka Fitzpatrick, where he literally grabbed the ball out of his hands and brought it into the end zone. But, man, just this Buffalo Bills defense was just too much for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, you know, on the flip side, you know, talking a little bit about Pittsburgh's offense, you know, they were only able to put up a field goal in this game. Um, You know, Kenny Pickett, his first ever NFL start, was actually not that bad overall. The play calling was a, was very much conservative due to the fact that he is a rookie. And, you know, they really wanted to kind of test the waters. And on the day, Kenny Pickett would go 34 for 52, 327 yards passing with zero touchdowns and one interception on the day. So, overall, not a bad game for the rookie. He would also be sacked three times in this game as well. George Pickens, he had an amazing game today as well. Six receptions for 83 yards receiving, no touchdowns. Uh, Deontay Johnson as well five receptions for 60 yards receiving chase claypool would also put up 50 receiving yards on the day so i mean honestly it was not a horrifyingly bad day for pittsburgh's offense just we're not able to put up any type of points on the board and unfortunately the, the defense who really you can tell is missing tj watt right now cameron hayward he did make his presence known a little bit in this game but outside of that pittsburgh was just non-existent on defense as the buffalo bills go on to beat the pittsburgh steelers uh, 38 to 3 as Buffalo. They now improved to 4 and 1 on the season and the Steelers They now fall to 1 and 4 and they are currently right now on a four-game losing streak Now guys, we're gonna go over to Maryland as we had the Tennessee Titans taking on the Washington Commanders and This game the biggest storyline has got to be how this game actually finished because Washington who was on what would have been a game-winning drive They were down to the Tennessee Titans two-yard line And Carson Wentz threw a horrible pass right to Tennessee Titan linebacker David Long, who would intercept the ball and ultimately would give the Titans the win in this game. So Carson Wentz once again has a bunch of just poor decision-making passes, and that's honestly what costed um, Washington in this game. But overall, even before the interception, he didn't have a horrifically bad game. He'd go 25 for 38, 359 yards passing with two touchdowns, and then that one game-sealing interception Uh, the biggest story in this game had to have been Brian Robinson, who had just gotten shot in a carjacking situation about six weeks ago. He made his NFL debut today. So, you know, shout out to Brian for just The complete bravery and everything he was able to do to be able to get to this point. Um, Deami Brown, the former wide receiver out of North Carolina, he had a breakout game today for the Commanders as he would have two receptions for 105 yards receiving and two touchdowns. Terry McLaurin would also have a solid day with 76 receiving yards. Uh, Curtis Samuel would also do pretty good with 62. And then on the flip side for Tennessee, you know their focal point of their offense is going to be Derrick Henry, and that's exactly who it was in today's game against the Washington Commanders is on the day Derrick Henry who he would have 28 carries for 102 yards rushing and one touchdown Ryan Tannehill which shockingly enough he did not have any mistakes in this game really it would go 15 for 25, 181 yards passing with one touchdown on the day. And ultimately, it would be the Tennessee Titans defense who would save the day as they would go on to beat the Washington Commanders 21-17. to 17. As Tennessee, they now improve to 3-2 and two, heading into the bye week. In Washington, they now fall to 1-4 and four, and then will play the Chicago Bears on Thursday night football in this upcoming week. And then, guys, for our next game, we're going to still stay up north, so most of these games are going to be up north. But we had the Miami Dolphins, who, don't have, who did not have two attack of Iowa this week due to the concussion he suffered against the uh, Cincinnati Bengals on Thursday Night Football last week, taking on Zach Wilson and the New York Jets. And, man, did New York's offense absolutely click all game long. Zach Wilson, who's still kind of recovering from that uh leg injury he suffered in the preseason he had himself a very good day did not make any mistakes so that was huge for him he would go 14 for 21 210 yards passing with zero touchdowns and zero interceptions on the day Brees Hall the, the second round pick out of Iowa State who I've always loved since his day's at Iowa State he finally had another breakout game as well rushing and receiving as on the day for rushing He would have 18 carries for 97 yards rushing and one touchdown Michael Carter the former uh, North Carolina running back He would have two touchdowns on the day as well And then for receiving wise Brees Hall would lead the New York Jets in receiving with two receptions for a hundred yards so great day for this New York Jets offense which majorly needed it and then on the flip side for miami just an overall really rough day i mean just really rough Tyreek Hill would be their leading receiver with 47 receiving yards on the day but the big note for this miami dolphins offense had to have been the fact that their backup quarterback teddy bridgewater he would leave the game with a concussion so unfortunately injuries are really plaguing this miami dolphins offense and then in comes Skylar thompson the former kansas state quarterback and you know Overall, not the best game for him as he would go 19 for 33, 166 yards passing with zero touchdowns and one interception on the day. Raheem Mostert would pretty much have most of the offensive production for the Dolphins against the Jets. As Raheem, he would have 18 carries for 113 yards receiving and one touchdown. So ultimately, Miami just... I mean, really, you could tell that the injuries were derail- derailing them in this game as the New York Jets, yes, the New York Jets, they now improved to 3-2 and on the season after beating the Miami Dolphins 40-17. to I mean, man, just what an, impress- an impressive performance by the New York Jets as they would put up 21 points in the fourth quarter. And for the next game that we have on this uh, noon slate of games, we had the Chicago Bears traveling up to Minnesota to take on the Minnesota Vikings. And Justin Fields, who had a rough performance last week and definitely needed a bounce-back performance, he was finally able to get things going in this game. He would go 15 for 21, 208 yards passing with one touchdown and zero interceptions on the day. And, you know, honestly... Despite them losing this game, ultimately, it was really good to finally see Justin Fields finally kind of get his foot in the right direction and truly be able to, you know, pass for more than 100 yards in a game. And then on the flip side for Minnesota, their quarterback, Kirk Cousins, you know, he had a shaky performance last week against the New Orleans Saints. He had a bounce back bounce back week as he would go 32 for 41 296 yards passing with one touchdown and one interception on the day Dalvin Cook Minnesota's running back he would also have a field day against the Chicago defense as he would have 18 carries for 94 yards rushing and two touchdowns just justin jefferson the star wide receiver for the vikings he would have a good game as well as he would have 12 receptions for 154 yards receiving so overall just a really good game by minnesota when it came to being on the offensive side of the football chicago they did show some definitely signs of improvement but overall it just would not be enough as they would kind of make a late comeback in the second half but they would fall short as minnesota would go on to beat the chicago bears 49-22 49-22 to as now Minnesota, they improve to 4-1 on the season. And Chicago, they now fall to 2-3 as they take on the Washington Commanders on Thursday night. And guys, like many of the games that we did have on today, for our next one, we're going to stay up north as we had the Detroit Lions taking on the New England Patriots. This was the first game that the Patriots were going to bring back their white and red Retro uniforms and man, did they look good? And apparently, the Patriots they also felt good. As Bailey Zappi, he had himself a pretty solid day. As he would as he would go 17 for 21, 188 yards passing with one touchdown and one interception on the day. But but you know, honestly, he wasn't even the biggest you know biggest weapon on the day for the uh, New England Patriots. As Ramondre Stevenson, the former OU running back, he would have a field day against this Detroit defense as he would have 25 carries for 161 rushing yards. So what a day for Ramondre. Jacoby Myers, who's been definitely looking for a breakout game with the Patriots, he finally gets his as he would have seven receptions. For 111 receiving yards and one touchdown. And also I have to talk about New England Patriots rookie cornerback Jack Jones out of Arizona State. He now has had back-to-back weeks with an interception. He had a huge game last week against the Green Bay Packers. And has had another huge game against the Detroit Lions. So shout out to Jack Jones for just being an absolute stud. And a late round gem for Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. Um, for the Detroit Lions in this game, Jared Goff finally came back down to reality a little bit as he would go 19 for 35, 229 yards passing with zero touchdowns and one interception. Uh, Javon, I uh, can't even talk, guys. My bad. Uh, Jared Reynolds, he would actually lead the Detroit Lions in receiving with six receptions for 92 yards. I meant Josh Reynolds. My bad, My bad, guys. But ultimately, just Detroit looked very rough in this game offensively. Their defense just... Once again, had another struggle fest after last week against Seattle. And the New England Patriots would go on to beat the struggling Lions 29-0 as New England, they now improve to 2-3 on the season. And the Detroit Lions, they now fall to 1-4. and four. And now guys, for our next game, we're going to stay in the AFC as we had the Los Angeles Chargers taking on the Cleveland Browns in Cleveland. And, man, is this Cleveland Browns run game just way too dang dominant. Nick Chubb would have another amazing day as he would have 17 carries for 134 rushing yards with two touchdowns. Kareem Hunt would also have a pretty good day with 11 rushes for 47 yards and one TD on the day. But ultimately, it would be Justin Herbert and Mike Williams. Their connection would lead the Chargers in this game as Justin Herbert on the day would go 22 for 34, 228 yards passing with one touchdown and no interceptions. Mike Williams, who's currently right now wide receiver one for the Los Angeles Chargers, he would have 10 receptions for 134 receiving yards on the day. He was arguably literally justin herbert's only target as he would have 13 targets on the day to mike williams Austin Eckler would have a monster day against Cleveland's defense as he would have 16 carries for 173 rushing yards and one touchdown. I mean, defense in this game was just optional. There was really, you know, defense just did not show up whatsoever in this game. And ultimately, it would be the Cleveland Browns who would have another opportunity to win the game on a game-winning field goal as time would expire and, you know, Ultimately, Cade York would miss the kick, and the Los Angeles Chargers would go on to beat the Cleveland Browns 30-28. to Jacoby Brissett, he threw a costly interception in the end zone, a drive before that, and ultimately that would be what would cost the Cleveland Browns in this game. So the Los Angeles Chargers, they now improve to 3-2 and on the season, and the Cleveland Browns, they now fall to 2-3. and Now, guys, we're going to go back down south. So we're going to kind of get out of the north a little bit. We're going to go back down south as we had the Seattle Seahawks taking on the New Orleans Saints in New Orleans. And the story of this game as a whole had to be both sides and their offenses because, man, Geno Smith is honestly looking like a better option right now than Russell Wilson for the Seahawks. As on the day, Geno Smith would have another amazing performance. As he would go 16 for 25, 268 yards passing with three touchdowns and zero interceptions on the day. Andy Dalton, the backup to James Winston, who's currently down with an injury. He had another decent performance as well. As you would go 16 for 24, 187 yards passing with one touchdown and one interception as well. But the main thing for the New Orleans Saints offense, which would ultimately lead them to the win in this game, would be the run game. And man, did Taysom Hill come out hot in this game. As on the day, Taysom Hill would have 9 carries for 112 uh, 112 rushing yards and 3 touchdowns on the day. He also had a long touchdown run of 60. Alvin Kamara, who was finally back, also had a really good day as well as he would have 23 carries for 103 rushing yards too. And he would also lead the New Orleans Saints in receiving as well, as Alvin Kamara would have six receptions for 91 yards receiving. Uh, Chris Olave, the first-round pick out of Ohio State for the New Orleans Saints, he would have a decent receiving day, as he would have four receptions for 54 yards receiving and one touchdown. Now on the flip side for Seattle, their offense really is not what lost them this game because their offense was absolutely phenomenal. Kenneth Walker... Out of Michigan State, he had an amazing rushing game. Eight carries for 88 yards rushing and one touchdown. Uh, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf both pretty much put up 100 uh, uh, receiving yards. Uh, Tyler would have two touchdowns. DK would have one. And ultimately, it would really be Seattle's defense that would kind of choke this game for him, especially in the second half because New Orleans, they would put up 22 points in the second half to seattle's 13 and ultimately that would give new orleans the win as new orleans would go on to win 39 to 32 as the, as the saints they now improve to two and three and the seattle seahawks they now fall to two and three and then guys for our next game that we have we had the atlanta falcons taking on tom brady and the tampa bay buccaneers down in tampa and you know for the Atlanta Falcons in this game you could tell that not having Cordell Patterson who's pretty much their offensive juggernaut and bell Cow. it hurt them incredibly as marcus mariota would actually be the focal point of their offense in today's game as marcus mariota on the day he would go 14 for 25 147 yards passing with one touchdown and zero interceptions he would also be their leading rusher with seven carries and 61 yards rushing and then on the flip side for um tampa bay tom brady did not have a horrible game by any means definitely not his best but not a bad game as you would go 35 for 52, 351 yards passing with one touchdown and zero interceptions. Leonard Fournette would also do his thing on the ground as well, as he would have 14 carries for 56 yards rushing and one touchdown. Uh, Receiving-wise as well, Leonard Fournette would also lead the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which is kind of funny to say. He would have 10 receptions for 83 yards receiving and one touchdown. But the story of this game has got to be how it finished because Grady Jarrett would make a sack on Tom Brady. And apparently it was too rough the way he tackled tackled him, I'm guessing, because the refs would call roughing the passer, and that would ultimately give Tampa Bay the first down as time would eventually expire because, well, It's just how football works and that's how refs work. So I feel for uh, Atlanta in this game because they honestly, they had a comeback attempt and they could have honestly come back and win this game because they put up 15 points in the fourth quarter to trail Tampa Bay 21 to 15 and, unfortunately just did not go their way with that call as Tampa Bay would have barely escape Atlanta 21 to 15 as Tampa Bay they now break their two-game losing streak and improve to three and two and then the Atlanta Falcons they now fall to two and three after what was just a very disappointing call by that ref but overall not a bad performance at all by Atlanta's defense they that's really what kept them in this game was the fact that that defense and that mostly the pass rush was just so good they were able to get tom they were able to get to tom brady so overall not a bad game for the atlanta falcons but tampa bay would go on to win 21 to 15 and then guys for our final afternoon game or the noon game that we're going to talk about for today in week five we had the houston texans traveling to jacksonville to take on the jacksonville jaguars and man Trevor Lawrence just continues to struggle with turnover issues as on the day, T-Law would go 25 for 47, 286 yards passing with zero touchdowns and two interceptions on the day. And then on the flip side, you know, for Houston, Davis Mills, who also had been dealing with uh, interception issues for himself. He actually would not throw an interception in this game. So Davis Mills, good for you, my guy. He would go 16 for 24, 140 yards passing with zero touchdowns and zero interceptions. But... For Houston, Damian Pierce, that rookie that I know every fantasy owner loves to death, he would have himself a really good game today as he would have 26 carries for 99 yards rushing and one touchdown. And then for the flip side for Jacksonville, their run game as well, uh, Travis Etienne Jr. would finally get his first real good game in his NFL career as he would have 10 receptions for 71 yards receiving or not receiving, rushing. My bad, 10 rushes for 71 yards rushing. There you go. I finally said said it right. And then uh, Marvin Jones Jr. for the Jacksonville Jaguars would lead them in receiving with seven receptions on 104 yards receiving. And ultimately, you know, it would be Houston scoring the lone touchdown in the second half that would give them the 13-6 win over the Jacksonville Jaguars. As the Houston Texans, they finally get their first win on the season, and they now improve to 1-3-1, and And now the Jacksonville Jaguars fall to 2-3 after what was a pretty impressive start to the season, but they're starting to slowly fall back a little bit to reality, but you know, anyway guys, that was it for the noon slate of games and then, you know, we'll kind of make our transition over now to the late afternoon early evening slate of games and the first game that I'm going to want to talk about is going to be out in Charlotte, North Carolina as we had the San Francisco 49ers taking on the Carolina Panthers and well, I think the Baker Mayfield and Matt Rule era definitely in Carolina is probably going to be coming to an end very, very soon. As on the day, Baker Mayfield just struggled overall as he'd go 20 for 36, 215 yards passing with zero touchdowns and one interception. Because when you look at it statistically, it's like, okay, it's not the worst game possible, but when you watch this game, Baker Mayfield just looked horrendously bad. And then on the flip side, his counterpart, Jimmy Garoppolo, who's now back being the full-time starter for the San Francisco 49ers. Jimmy would go 18-30 on the day for 253 yards passing with two touchdowns and zero interceptions. Uh, Christian McCaffrey would really be the main focal point, obviously, of Carolina's offense. and. He would have an okay game on the day as he'd have 14 carries for 54 yards rushing and one touchdown. Also, in this game, Shai Smith, the rookie out of South Carolina, he would actually lead the Carolina Panthers in receiving today as he would have four receptions for 69 yards receiving. And honestly, you know, when you look at Carolina offensively, they just did not really do anything that much or anything that crazy. They only had barely. I think they barely had over 300 yards of offense, which is not bad, but for the amount of weapons that you have on this team, you should be able to get a lot more production out of it. And then on the flip side for the uh, San Francisco uh, 49ers, their running back, Jeff Wilson Jr., he had himself a game as he had 17 carries for 120 120 rushing yards and one touchdown on the day. And ultimately, San Francisco's defense would just give Baker Mayfield and this Carolina Panthers team... Just some absolute fits. It's on the day uh, the 49ers would have six total sacks on the day. So an absolutely just defensive slugfest by the San Francisco 49ers as they would go on to beat Baker Mayfield and the, and the Carolina Panthers 37-15 as, as San Francisco. They now improved to 3-2 on the season, and the Carolina Panthers, they now fall to 1-4. and four. And now, guys, for our next game, we're going to travel out west as we had the Philadelphia Eagles, the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles, taking on the Kyler Murray led Arizona Cardinals. And when this game started, it looked like it potentially could probably swing Philadelphia's way, as after the first quarter, the Eagles were up 7 to zip, but Arizona with a strong second quarter would go into the halftime, only trailing 14-10 to 10 by the, the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. And, you know, Jalen Hurts honestly did not have his best day, but also did not have a bad day by any means, as he would go 26 for 36, 239 yards passing with zero touchdowns and zero interceptions but also he was able to mostly get it done on the ground as he would really pretty much have most of their points as he would have 15 carries for 61 yards rushing and two TDs on the day. Uh, Dallas Goddard, Devontae Smith, they both had 90-plus reception yards or receiving yards, so that was at least good for for the Philadelphia offense. But the main story in this game would be the fact that the Eagles' defense would be able to keep them in this game as um, free agent, Excuse me, guys, as free agent acquisition, Hassan Reddick, who now has four and a half sacks over the past three games. He would get a crucial sack in this game. And, you know, also want to make sure to give Kyler Murray some love as well. He did have a pretty solid game against that Philadelphia defense who has just been amazing so far this year. As he would go 28 for 42, 250 yards passing with one touchdown and one interception. Unfortunately for the Arizona Cardinals, their their uh, starting running back James Conner, he would leave the game with the injury. So Eno Benjamin would take over for him, and he actually would have a pretty, you know, solid rest of the game. He would have eight carries for 25 yards rushing and one TD on the day. Marquise Hollywood Brown would be the leading uh, receiver for the Arizona Cardinals, as he would have eight receptions for 78 yards and one touchdown. But ultimately, at the very end, the Philadelphia Eagles get saved by an Arizona Cardinals missed field goal, as a as the Eagles would go on to win and remain undefeated. By a score of 20 to 17, the Eagles. They now are 5 and 0, and the Cardinals. They now fall to 2 and 3. And lastly, for our final late afternoon, early evening slate of games, the final game that we had America's game of the week. We had the Dallas Cowboys traveling out to LA to take on the Los Angeles Rams. And you know, Cooper Cup, Cooper Cooper Cup, Cooper Rush, the starting quarterback right now for the Dallas Cowboys. You know. He had an okay game. I wouldn't say his best game so far being the starter, but he did have an okay game. And when they needed him the most, he definitely did step up as on the day. Cooper Rush would go 10 for 16, 102 passing yards with zero touchdowns and zero interceptions. But the main story in this game had to have been Matthew Stafford and just how bad his offensive line played and how little time he was given at all to even make a throw. You know, he even looked very hurt at towards the end of the game after he would throw an interception to Malik Hooker, the safety for the Dallas Cowboys. So the biggest question is, is you know, how roughed up is Matthew Stafford? Because this season so far, compared to last season when Matthew Stafford was a Super Bowl winning quarterback, they're like polar opposites. They're nowhere even near the same. Matthew Stafford on the day would go 28 for 42, 308 eight yards passing with one touchdown and one interception. I mean, it just—I feel really bad because at the same time, uh, you know, Dallas's defense was just too dang good, and the fact they were going up against such a poor O line like the Rams. I mean, Michael Parsons and that whole Cowboys defense had a field day on these guys, as they would recover two fumbles on the day. Matthew Stafford would have two fumbles, and man, it was just really rough. If you were a Rams fan trying to watch this game, because that Super Bowl winning offense. Just did not look that great. And once again, Cooper Cup was really their only source of offense as he would have seven receptions for 125 receiving yards and one touchdown on the day. C.D. Lamb would be the leading receiver for the Cowboys in this game as he would have 53 receiving yards. And, you know, the main thing for the Cowboys in this game was the fact that they were able to get it done in the run game. Tony Pollard had an amazing game as he had eight carries for 86 rushing yards and one touchdown. Ezekiel Elliott, you know, he may not have had the statistically the best game, but the way that he was able to influence a lot of pass blocks were really helpful in this game, especially going up against Aaron Donald, as Ezekiel Elliott would finish the day with twenty two carries and seventy-eight rushing yards. So just overall a you know, so a lot of things the Cowboys definitely need to fix. You know, O line play. Tyler Smith, you know, at first was getting completely outplayed by Aaron Donald, who would have two sacks on the day, but you know, outside of that. You know, really, just the Rams' offense just could not keep up with the Cowboys' defense, as the Cowboys would go on to beat the the defending Super Bowl champions, twenty-two to ten. As the Cowboys, they now improved to four and one. They're on a four-game win streak now with Cooper Cup as the starting quarterback. And the Rams, they now fall to two and three on the season. So definitely a rough start to the year for the L.A. Rams. And you know, to finally close out all of Sunday's action on Sunday Night Football on NBC, we had the Joe Burrow-led Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Lamar Jackson-led Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore and man did this game come down to the literal last second. Lamar Jackson throughout this game, he struggled majorly when it came to making throws. I mean, Tylen Wallace was wide open on pretty much a a slot wheel route and he just completely missed him by about Three to five yards, so just a really rough day passing wise for Lamar. As he would go 19 for 32, 174 yards passing with one touchdown and one interception. But when he time when it came time for him to come up clutch for the Baltimore Ravens, he did exactly that. As on the last drive of the game, Lamar Jackson would put up some pretty solid rushing numbers to get the Ravens all the way down into uh, Bengal territory in field goal range for justin tucker to kick the game winning field goal over the cincinnati Bengals. um lamar jackson on the day rushing wise he would have 12 carries for 58 yards rushing and mark andrews the super talented uh tight end who i feel like doesn't get enough credit especially throughout the league he had an amazing night tonight as he would have eight receptions for 89 yards receiving and one touchdown The Baltimore defense, most specifically Marlon Humphrey, they were able to pretty much limit Jamar Chase to practically nothing in this game as Jamar Chase would only have 50 receiving yards on the day. So good job by that Baltimore Ravens secondary to pretty much limit the star wide receiver for the Cincinnati Bengals. And then on the flip side for Joe Burrow, you know, he didn't have his best game by any means at all. You know, it wasn't a horrible game, but still not his best game. As Joe Burrow on the day would go 24 for 35, 217 yards passing with one touchdown and then one costly interception. And ultimately... That field goal by Justin Tucker, who earlier in this game had kicked a sixty-one yard field goal, he would be the reason the the Ravens would hold on to beat the Cincinnati Bengals as the Ravens. They beat the Bengals on Sunday night football nineteen to seventeen. As the Ravens, they now improve to three and two, and the Bengals they now fall to two and three on this season. So Anyway guys, that does wrap up all of the action that we had on Sunday. It was definitely a very eventful Sunday, so let me know what were some of y'all favorite well let me know what some of y'all's favorite games were on Sunday. Mine had to be my Dallas Cowboys getting the win over the defending Super Bowl champion, Los Angeles Rams. But we still had one more game in this week five slate of games, and that was on Monday night football as we had the Las Vegas Raiders traveling out to Kansas City to take on Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. And man, what a game this was. Devontae Adams, despite not really being heavily involved in this game, would have an amazing game on the day. He would have two huge receptions, which both would be for touchdowns, as on the day, Devontae Adams would have three receptions for 124 yards receiving and two touchdowns. Josh Jacobs, the running back for the Las Vegas Raiders, he had his best career game as a pro in this day and definitely gave that Kansas City defense some major fits as he would have 21 carries for 154 yards rushing and one touchdown on the day. Now, the biggest thing in this game was the history that was made by Travis Kelsey. Now, statistically, not an amazing game by any means. Only had seven catches for 25 yards, but it'd be what he did in the end zone that helped the Chiefs get the win over the Las Vegas Raiders as Travis Kelsey, which would have a franchise record. Four touchdowns in this game, the most by a tight end in Chiefs history, and the most by a tight end in Monday night football history. So, huge game for Travis Kelsey. Another decent game by Marquez Valdez Scantling, the former Green Bay Packer, as he would have six receptions for 90 yards receiving. And then Patrick Mahomes, he did a bunch of Patrick Mahomes things in this game, as he would have four touchdown passes, all being responsible by Travis Kelsey, but he'd go 29 for 43. 292 yards passing and ultimately the efforts of this Kansas City defense on the last drive of the game to halt the Las Vegas Raiders getting close into field goal range and stopping them on fourth down as the Chiefs would go on to beat the Las Vegas Raiders 30-29 to in what was a nail-biting finish. The Kansas City Chiefs, they now improve to 4-1 on the season. And the Las Vegas Raiders, despite being favorites on us at the beginning of the season to win the AFC West with all the huge free agency additions that they got, you know, guys like Chandler Jones, Devontae Adams, they now fall to 1-4, and four. but I do have to shout out Max Crosby who had an insane game for the uh, Las Vegas Raiders on the defensive side of the football as on the day for Max Crosby. He would put up two sacks on, uh, on Patrick Mahomes and really gave him fits throughout the entire game, so a really solid game by Max Crosby, but ultimately just would not be enough as the Kansas City Chiefs would win on Monday night football. But anyway, guys, I hope y'all I hope that y'all did enjoy this week five recap of all of the action of this week five during the 2022 NFL season. Please make sure to like, rate, review, do whatever you can to help spread the podcast so we can make sure that we can get as many people up to date with football and just sports news as a whole so thank you guys for all your continued support always checking out the episodes the interviews thank y'all for everything that y'all do and you know make sure to also go check out the previews for both the nfl and college football upcoming week slates of games as those both will come out on wednesday the nfl one coming out at 12 p.m central time and then the college football one coming out at 6 p.m central time so anyway guys thank y'all so much for listening and i will catch y'all back here tomorrow for the previews for these upcoming weeks of football so see y'all guys then and have an amazing tuesday